Hey everybody, Harry here. I just wanted to say happy Halloween to everybody and to take a minute to thank you for listening to our first season of this show. Um, this is something that Jen and I have really enjoyed making and we wanted to see if we could continue to do it a little more frequently than just uh, once a year. So uh, if you're into this, if you like thinking about uh, horror films analytically, uh, evaluatively, then uh, go on to your pod streamer of choice. Give us a quick, uh, quick follow. Give us some comments and some stars. Um, those ratings and reviews help people see the show. It puts them in their, you know, for you streams and, and what have you. And on top of that, it just motivates us. It's really nice to see that people are listening uh, and that uh, you're enjoying the show. So if you have time, give us a quick review. It would be lovely. Today, we are going to hear about Talk to Me with our friend Mandy Goldman. And uh, yeah, here she is. <laughs> there was a guy in the theater when we saw it. And he went, oh, no. <laughs> and he went, oh, she fucked up. She fucked up. Because he was talking about, like, how she, like, let it go on too long. Oh, that's fantastic. Other people, oh, bless that man. God. Other people in the theater, especially in scary movies. Sometimes it's the Thank best. That's like, amazing. God. It was, Sam, Sam was like, I don't know if I would have made it without that guy. <laughs> that's a great response, too. Oh, oh, my. oh no. <laughs> Nichols and I am an English teacher and a singer-songwriter and I like movies that make me feel bad. <laughs> um, is that the theme of the introduction is you say who you are, yeah. what you do, and like what's <laughs> wrong with you, like what's you your feel. damage. <laughs> and, what's wrong with, and what's wrong with you? Oh my god. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, great. Now that now I know. Now you know. Yeah, usually we don't it. talk about feelings, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, because of how we're feeling. Um, I'm Jen, and I am a tattoo artist and an artist, and I love horror movies. And I don't know how am I feeling? Uh, disappointed that it doesn't feel like fall yet. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that mosquitoes are still biting me, mm. and I have like eight mosquito bites on my neck right now. Right. So so at the yay. time of recording, it's. September. Oh yeah, 11th fair enough. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Se- excuse me, Harry. Today is September 11th, and you <laughs> seem to have forgotten. <laughs> what a beautiful introduction! Tonight, Jen and I are ruining the night of Mandy Goldman. Talk to us, Mandy. Hello, this is me, Mandy Goldman. Um, I am a voice teacher and a singer-songwriter. And sometimes a calligrapher, and uh, oh yeah, a choir director, I guess now. Oh yeah, um, that's yeah. cool. Um, and uh, I am feeling bewitched, <laughs> bothered, and <laughs> bewildered because I forgot my notes at home. They were in a beautiful pink notebook, and I'm furious, fu- absolutely furious with myself. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, Mandy, what's your experience with the horror genre? So, um, my husband, Sam, and I have a yearly tradition called Hitchcocktoberfest, where for the entire month of October, it used to be the entire month of October, though now it has been creeping Mm -hmm. further and further Mm -hmm. into September, Um, we watch horror movies um, or spoopy movies. (laughs) Um, That's with a P, right? Spoopy. Spoopy. Yeah, Yeah, they can either be actual capital H horror movies, or they can be like a spoopy, such as like the Witches of Eastwick, oh, oh, or yeah, sure. Hocus yeah. Pocus, mm-hmm. or um, Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Brooms. I forget the name of that. Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Bed Knobs yeah. and Broomsticks with yeah, Angela yeah. Lansbury. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Feels like we're veering further and further. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a Halloween movie. The Lion I don't know. King. Yeah. <laughs> if it's a movie, it. <laughs> um, no, it started out with us watching Hitchcock to- Hitchcock movies because we thought we felt like we had a gap in our movie knowledge, um, and we wanted to 
get more experience with horror as a genre. So we started out watching Hitchcock movies that we thought we hadn't seen or that we hadn't seen or one of us hadn't seen. And then it just kind of flowered into this whole thing. So mm-hmm. now we're obsessed with horror movies and we like to watch them all the time. Nice. What, can I ask what's on the list for this year? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Um, okay, so let me get my phone. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to edit this part now. Because I didn't forget my... I'm sorry. Just let me... Hold on one. Mandy Goldman reaches into a bag. Ruffles around. It's a large bag. A a deep bag. It's so deep. That's what she said. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Deep is not one that I have heard uh, used often. Okay, so this year we've got The Harbinger, Mm -hmm. The 39 Steps. That's 1935. Ah. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, I love that movie. Which I have not seen yet. What? I have not seen it. Yeah, there, there's always big gaps. <laughs> Good Night, Mommy. Oh, I love mm. that. Wait, Austrian version or the remake? Ooh. I would assume we're going to go with the original first because that's usually what we do. Cool. Um, <laughs> Good Night, Mommy. <laughs> um, we're doing they slash them or they them. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing, we might do Smile. Nice. Um, yeah. The Blair Witch Project, because I still haven't seen that. What? <laughs> um, Emily the Criminal, Barbarian. Oh, that one's good. Um, if I can get Sam to watch Hereditary, because oh, we are not, uh, You're not Ari Aster fans. I know. Oh. Yes. That's one of our main differences as friends, I think. I think probably, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that and the fact that you, uh, you have issues with Grapes of Wrath characters, and I'll never forget <laughs> That's you. That's true, yeah. That yeah, is true. because you're a fool. That's kind of really it, though. I mean, I think that's that's yeah. the sum total of our differences. Yeah, really. is that you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are mm-hmm. talking about a movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, that movie is Talk, talk to, to, me. to Me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this I have this problem where every, every time I go to say the thing that we're here to talk about, I, I suddenly blank. I can't think <laughs> I can of the totally movie. Tell that you forgot. Uh huh. And it happened to me last time too. I forgot too. Also, right before you said it, I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> what you are we talking your notes. about?" If I, this all could have been fixed if I brought my notes. Oh my god! Damn it! So who who wants to basically just give a quick one sentence synopsis of like what this movie is about, just for anybody, oh. some fool who hasn't seen it yet? Mm-hmm. I think the guests should do it because yeah. we usually have the guests okay, do it. You do it. I would love to summarize this film in one sentence. It can be compound. <laughs> it can be complex. Uh, a group of teens come into possession of a mummified hand, and various possessions ensue. Ellipsis. That's good. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that's good. really that good. Yeah. good. Yeah. Very accurate. Mm-hmm. That sure. is, yes. That's also really nice description because it, there's no spoilers. And there will be wanna, all yeah. the spoilers in this podcast, but that did not have them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I apologize for that waveform that I just created. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to editing that later. Um, Something that struck me, first of all, just as like a refreshing thing about this movie is that, so we've talked about in in previous episodes how I feel like we're very tired of a lot of like, like the different kinds of horror movies. We had, we did like a possession movie and we're talking about how tired possession movies are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We did. And I feel like I haven't seen like a good seance movie in a long time. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. I was, yes, I was thinking about that when I was writing my amazing notes, um, (laughs) about how this is like such a great use of that collective supernatural teen game trope mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. of like the Ouija board or the seance yes. or like, yeah. uh, you know, the girls at the sleepover who are doing like a, uh, the light as a feather, stiff as a board. Right, yeah, right. yeah. 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 It really reminded me of like a Ouija board type situation. Like yes. that kind of thing, but it's a different object that they're using right it's mm-hmm. more hardcore it's it obviously was. way more yeah. hardcore than that it is because oh and i don't want to get too analytical right away but no, like we're dealing with some 21st century kids right, right. so yeah. a ouija board's not gonna do it for them they need a, a real thrill they need a thrill mm-hmm. yeah because this is also like very much like i i think it says a little bit more than just like drugs are bad okay but yeah. like i think yeah. that it's also like a little <laughs> bit of like a it's it's clearly like a, a drug 
high for oh, them. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. That is something that I heard the directors talk about is that they really did want to make sure that those possessions felt like they could possibly be euphoric or thrilling. Mm-hmm. Um, because if they were so horrible, why would kids want to do that do again? Yeah. Over and over? Like yeah. it's actually like pleasurable. Yeah. 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 And that Mia, right? That's yeah, our that's the yes, lead, lead yep. character. Mm-hmm. She is, she talks about them being so euphoric. Mm-hmm. Right. Right away. Right. Yeah. She gets super hooked on it. She like, wants yeah. to do it like yeah. immediately a yeah. second yeah. time. Yeah. And I, I did, I, I didn't take great notes, but <laughs> I took notes on the drug metaphor thing, right. which I don't actually normally like in horror movies. This one didn't bother me as much. Because I did, think there's more to it than that. Yeah. But, yeah. It felt a little like, uh, you know, obvious. But yeah. Yeah. other than that, but like in, I wrote down that the mom is constantly commenting on Mia using weed. Right. Um, and... Uh, Oh, the in the beginning, the two kids, the two boys are like smoking cigarettes or like the one is and he like asks the other one if he wants to do it and he says no. Yeah. So I feel like there's like multiple little instances in the beginning to like. Yeah. When Riley and his skateboarding friend. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, He's the one who gets it. Like the worst, right? Yeah. Like he, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. oh, that's a really interesting, um, interesting point. And yeah. I do mm-hmm. think that they set up that immediate, like, drugs are bad. Yeah. And, the, you know, that's that was sort of like the immediate expectation mm-hmm. when the hand shows up and they're, when they're, you know, like taking videos of each other, being strung out yeah. and right, stuff. Right, right. But then it, they immediately just, like, make it so much more complex than that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Because I do feel like there was like a bullying theme too that kind of like goes Mm -hmm. with the like pressuring of doing drugs in a way. But Mm. like, yeah. The first note that I took was a classic tale of the teenage urge to party. Mm, Like I think is like a total like trope. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But actually the first like kind of like thing that like pinged my like analytical brain was the like cell phones. Mm-hmm. In this movie, and like how, like, really, the first thing that happens in this movie before we meet Mia or anything mm-hmm. is we see that, like, that, yes. like, party, yes, in Australia. Which, first of all, Australia seems really fucking different to you guys, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you know, she down hit, under, she hit. <laughs> There's like this rager party with like the mom in the kitchen, like chopping vegetables. The mom is like cooking for this meat. Yeah. Chopping vegetables, making a chili or who knows what. She's making a chili. Mia hits a wallaby. That's how you feed a crowd. Like, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. I think that was a kangaroo. (laughs) No, it was a wallaby. It was a kangaroo. It was a kangaroo. It was a a roo. I I believe they said it was a roo. Oh, this is the more you, the more you drink, the better that accent's going to get. I think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that, the law that. of science. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was I was interested in like the cell phones. Like it it became like a it was like a real immediate um, like antagonistic force in the beginning when um, that kid's older brother tries to go and like rescue him out of that house, mm-hmm. and they like. I'm struggling to remember the exact order of events here, but they kind of pull him out of the room and everybody's just like filming yes. immediately. Mm-hmm. And he's like screaming at them to put their phones away and like, yeah. what's wrong with you? And then he, of course, gets stabbed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah it, it really it establishes right away that sort of the base level for amusement for these teens in this right. movie is like really horrifying. Yeah. Right. I think their, their tolerance level for that kind of mm-hmm. stuff is so high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. I've never seen Euphoria, but like, is that a thing now that these Gen Z? Oh, I've never seen like, that like either. These shows where, in media, where we're fictionalizing mm-hmm. Gen Z, like right. that mm. they get I into some seen. shocking shit. Uh, it might. It might be, and that that would ring. That would be consistent with what I would expect media to do with like the young up and coming generation. Mm, mm-hmm. I also think it's worth pointing out. Now that I've seen the directors, they are both young people mm-hmm. oh. who, they're brothers, um, Danny and Michael Filippo, and they were YouTubers. Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. Before they did this feature film, um, I think that they were talking about their like limited film experience, and they were like basically forcing them their way onto sets, and one of the sets that they forced their way onto was The Babadook. 
Oh, oh that's like PAing and driving and shit. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I wonder if like they have a lot of experience with that kind of shock and awe media, it seems mm-hmm. like. I don't know much about their YouTube channel, but it, they talked about doing some like crazy shit with like gore and makeup yeah. and was it like stunts. A, do you know if it's the kind of YouTube channel where they're like making short films or were they like just kind of, you know, like some people, it's just like talking at Yeah, I'm going probably be that. talking out my ass about this because I, I haven't actually seen anything. Mm-hmm. I've just seen some like interviews with them. Yeah. There's a long interview with them at South by Southwest. Um, where they talk about it a lot. But um, it sounds like they were really making kind of like short, arty oh, YouTube. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. Films. Okay. But yeah. I, yeah, the, I, that may be entirely misinformation mm-hmm. based on that's conjecture. Cool. So hmm. it's, that's kind of interesting because it's like uh, you, their phones in the movie are kind of like making little films yeah. of each other. I mean, honestly, it's kind of like cyberbullying. Yeah. That's how yeah. I saw it. I mean, I think especially the first scene is really cyberbullying. Oh, is there so much cyberbullying? And like they the hate movie. the they're girl. All, they're all they're all like Snapchatting these videos oh, of yeah. each other yeah. to all their friends to like laugh at how they mm-hmm. reacted to the hands. Yeah, mm-hmm. that f- those feel consensual to me. They I don't do. Know. Yeah, they. I think they. I. I don't think that it has to be non-consensual for it to be bullying. I agree. You know? yeah, sure. yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Um, Cause peer pressure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to fit in. So. But I also think like the, fl- yeah, exactly. You mm-hmm. want to fit in the phone thing. Also, I saw it as like a way that these kids could like remove themselves from how horrible, whatever was going on in front of them actually was. Mm. If you put a screen up in front of you, it's like, it gives you another, like it's another step layer. Back. Yeah. 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 That's true. It's like, it's real, but it's, Suddenly not because you're yeah. lo- you're ro- and they're probably watching the screen. You're literally like losing as opposed a dimension. to the person. Yeah, yeah. You go mm-hmm. to two D instead of three D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. On That's your phone. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, kind of along the lines of the of the sort of um, like desensitization, like thinking about that. Like another comment that I wrote down was like, "What's it say about the world that being possessed?" by a demon, by, like, a literal actual other person is, like, a cheap thrill for these kids, right? Mm. Like, is that, like, are we making, like, I guess I was, mm. I was wondering about the, the commentary about Gen Z. Like, are we, are we talking about, like, what's it say about the world? Like, I, for me, I think that comment was about, not necessarily about, like, critical of Gen Z, but critical of the world that Gen Z has to yeah. uh, I- exist in. Yeah, you know? exactly. I agree. Um, which is like very dead and cold and increasingly like dead and cold, like literally. Yeah. You I know? think yeah. the word that I used a lot in my Sterling special notes um, <laughs> was, I use I use the words isolating and alienating a lot. Yeah. Because I do think that this movie came from such a place of like isolation and yearning for connection Mm -hmm. and that there's so much I just in looking at these these children's motivations for this it was just like the common thread for me was like that begging for connection Mm -hmm. which in a world post-covid after you've literally been physically isolated from your friends and uh we were already pre-COVID, living sort of more alienated than we ever have from collectivity and being around neighbors and having that true sense of community. Mm -hmm. So I I did feel like this was like a product of that, of the alienation that all those kids had suffered. And I think we see that also... um, like in in some of the like main characters as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like Mia is uh, is like really lonely for her mom and alienated from her father, and mm-hmm. um, you know I I saw a lot of the of what happens to her as like that tension playing out. Her friend is dating conclusion. her the boy that she's clearly really into. Right, that's true. And her friend is while dating this boy that Mia is into. Jade is the friend. Jade is dating Daniel, who Mia is into. Uh, Mia actually dated him briefly. Mia dated yeah. him briefly, yeah. which we know, like, in high school, those brief mm-hmm. romances are so monumental. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And especially for someone who's lost an, a member of their family. Right. And, and it seems like she might be an only child, so it's, like, pretty significant. So. Yeah. Right. Um, and she's getting 
she's alienated from her mom. Her mom's dead. She and her dad clearly have a lot of weirdness because they're not being open about like, how her mom yeah. died. Yeah. And then her friend Jade is dating her boy, this boy that she was really into and mm-hmm. is like not interested in hanging out with her because she's only interested in hanging out with the boy. Right. Yes. Yeah. She's like, they, yeah. leave me alone. They show that on the bed, which I think yeah. I felt some... Okay, it's been a while since I've seen it and my notes are shit, but um, I think I remember feeling some sympathy for Mia, but I don't oh, think yeah. I felt a lot of sympathy for a lot of the other kids oh, because yeah. I think I saw them, like her friend, as kind of like being mean and bullying her. And I think just because I was bullied a lot as mm-hmm. a kid, I was just like, oh, these are little assholes. But what like Gen Z has to deal with now is like being filmed with all of this. Right, and like, right. even if you're like, yeah, I'll do the thing. And then you're filmed and you look like crazy on film or like, yeah, I don't know. I just, there's it was, so many like layers of performative yes. stuff for that. Yeah. And I, I love that you brought up feeling sympathy for me because I feel like at the beginning of the movie we're just like crowded with all of this information that makes us feel yes. really bad for her like pity her yeah and, yeah yeah and I uh I do it does seem like she's getting bullied because they're all talking about how annoying she is mm-hmm. at the gathering yeah at the hand gathering I don't know if you were getting <laughs> I like the hand gathering <laughs> at the holding of hands mm-hmm. <laughs> a group hand holding <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I totally, and the only person who will hang out with her is her friend's little brother. Yes. Like, yeah. what mm. a loser, mm-hmm. you know, but we are like, oh, how sad for her because her mom died and these other kids are such assholes. Oops. Swearing? Yeah, you yeah, could yeah, yeah, Okay. Swearing? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Swear. <laughs> 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 um... Yeah, and then then the whole movie after that makes us like question all of those assumptions that we had at the beginning of the film about Mia and the other kids. Sure. Uh, well, I mean, I think that the other kids are pretty resoundly. I don't know. I don't have a ton of sympathy for them. Even I do. <laughs> even when Mia like crosses a line and and what's her what's her friend's name? Her girlfriend. Jade. Jade sleeps with Jade's boyfriend and mm, has oh, the weird yeah. toe sucking incident. The toe sucking. Which mm-hmm. you know. We all like, get disposit. We all disassociate and suck our boyfriend's friends' Listen, boyfriend's toes. We've all been there. Oh, uh, uh, let's hear that. Story. But even through that, but even through that, I, I didn't really because yeah, because she is just so. I feel that she's so mis like abused in the beginning yeah. of the movie. And yeah, I I don't know. I like I'm not seeing. I don't see a lot of the evidence for that. Like Mia being, in abused, in Mia, be, Mia being abused in the beginning of the film. Wait, you mean by her friends? By her, and friends, stuff? By her like, friends. I don't know if there's a ton of evidence for that. Wait, that Mia's that I t- Mia is abused by her friends. I totally don't think. And where she, where is she abused by her friends? Well, so. when she jumps on the bed and she's like trying to get her friends' attention, and Jade, I guess, is like being. And a, Jade is trying to set a boundary, and she's like, "Get out of here! That. I'm trying to talk to my boyfriend." I don't see that as setting boundaries I at all. I, that's how I. That's I see it as I do not. This friend is so needy. This no. friend is so desperate for attention, and they basically have been living together. It seems like, mm-hmm. and. Mia won't give her a minute to just be, to just talk to her well, boyfriend. I think the friend could have responded a different way I because it comes across as like a mean girl thing. Absolutely. It do, I think it does come across as a mean girl thing, but then I think we get all this uh, more evidence about the way. So they also say at the party, you know, that she's really annoying, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to think of other instances in which we know that Mia is being treated unfairly by her friends. Has she done? Have, have we, are we just assuming she's done nothing to deserve this this treatment? I just assumed it was. Oh wait, you no, 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 yeah, no. I, was, no, I just assumed it was because like, oh, she's you know her mom died. Maybe she's a little outcast. I think because she's weird. I do she's, think. Well, yeah, she's weird, and, and she. I feel like she's been. I, so I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I I do think that the way the ways in which she has. Uh, like alienated herself from her friends are largely the product of the like brutal hand that she's been dealt. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they continue to alienate her is a, is a lack of compassion on the part of the other. So you think that they're having her, they're encouraging her to do the hand because they are trying to 
specifically bully to, her. Yeah, they're trying to like. They but want, then why would all of them be doing it too and filming each other doing it? They're all filming each other doing it. It doesn't seem like they're being any meaner to her than they are to each other. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I guess. I guess. I don't know. I, but I just. I think that there's also a lot of subtext to who these other people in the room are. Because mm. we've got a Pacific Islander. Yeah, right. A kid of Pacific Islander descent, a non-binary kid who mm. also might be of Pacific who Islander knows? descent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we don't know what's going on with Jade and Riley's dad. There's no dad that we've right, seen. Right. That's true. Um, yeah. and, and I want to talk about her mom. Seem, later, yeah, but, they yeah. seem to have a weird relationship mm-hmm. with Eowyn, their mom. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Lena Olin played Eowyn in the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have, I don't know. I think that we are immediately supposed to assume mm-hmm. that Mia is blameless sure. in her struggle. But then I think we start to see a lot of evidence that she is actually really breaking boundaries with people around mm. her okay. and but pushing wh- people really hard yeah. in ways that make them really uncomfortable. Like what? Yeah, I was wondering that. Like when she uh, gets in bed with Riley, Jade's 12-year-old brother, lets him sleep in bed with her. Okay. When she won't listen to Jade, when Jade is telling her to leave her alone at the beginning of the film... Can I? I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. risk something here. No, I like. Yeah. Can I ask why allowing Riley to sleep with her is? That's not her brother. But doesn't she fill like a sisterly role in the family? Sure, I but mean, that's not her. But she's not. That's not her brother. But she just and her. Lame. And, but Riley she's also. She's a surrogate sister, but that's not the same thing. That's a that's a like nucle- That's like a family of opportunity, not a family of. Like, I think don't, I don't. Don't you feel like there is like a chosen family type thing? I, I, too? Absolutely. I I I feel I absolutely feel that that's the case. But I feel that she only lets Riley into the bed because of her desperation for connection. She's desperate to connect with Jade. Jade won't connect with her, so she connects with Riley instead. Mm. In this way, that's really really intimate to be connecting with your like friend's twelve year old brother. I think. I'm not sure I saw that. Yeah, but, I didn't see that. But either. I'm sure. I'm willing to entertain. And I, 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 and I think mm-hmm. that like. And then she's like the first one. She volunteers herself for this experience with the hand. Yep. Then she pushes mm-hmm. Riley to use the hand for she. That's she true. Yeah. Directly negates. Yep. Jade says no. She says you can do it and tells him to do it for longer. Yep. And that's all in like the first twenty minutes of the film. It's yeah. so funny. The part though where Riley is the twelve-year-old. Okay. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> um, when he wants to do the hand thing, and he's like, "Oh, please, just let me do it." Blah blah. blah. He keeps like begging to like. Right. Hold the hand, um, and his sister Jade says yeah. no, but then leaves the room. I see uh, Mia as almost like a teen who's become addicted to drugs, and so yeah. the most important thing to her is the drugs. But it's not who she would normally be as a person. Mm. Like the drugs changed her. So while she mm. cares about Riley, I see her as being like, "Yeah, do this really cool thing. Oh my god, it's so euphoric for me. I want you to see this thing." But it's like a drug addict who can't think uh straight. Like right. I don't feel sympathy for her for doing that, but I also don't fully blame her either because she's become addicted to this thing and she's not the same person anymore. Yeah, I I wonder when like her you consider like her addiction to start because I that's a good question as a, like yeah I see her as like and maybe you know I've seen the film I've only seen the film once obviously um but I definitely saw her as like starting to make these like deliberate choices where she felt like making someone else uh, not nervous about making other people uncomfortable mm. um like not nervous about making Jade uncomfortable not nervous about any boundaries with this kid I like if we even if we throw out the them sleeping in the same bed thing, because right, right. like I do believe that that was fully chased and everything, but I also think it's like the sister is like no, but mm-hmm. the friend is like yeah, come sleep in bed with me. It's just a, I don't know. It's like a you mean it feels like um, it, it, it's not necessarily sexual, but it is about, no, not like, sexual. It's about like getting a a, a hook. It's an into intimacy. This yes, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. it's a, like it's a forced intimacy, a okay. forced intimacy that she keeps she keeps like forcing an intimate connection mm-hmm. on the sister who is who is rejecting her right, on right. Jade who is rejecting her, 
And if she can't get her hooks into Jade, she's going to get her hooks into Riley. Got you. And that's really how it feels. And she's like, oh, well, I can use this really great high value right. reward of the sure. hand mm. yeah. to get my hooks in. Oh, well, now I really like that reading. Riley. <laughs> <laughs> I really do think she's forcing intimacy with everyone around her, Got except you. for her father, who's like the only person mm. who's like, can we please, can I please connect with you? That's true. Like, she doesn't no. want to. Yeah. 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 Except that I, I, he's also unwilling to connect with her in the way that she needs. To, yeah. Right. Like uh, until, until it all comes to a head and he finally agrees to with, like, a, with being honest about that mom committed suicide. Absolutely. He's like unwilling to really do it on the terms that she needs. To, yeah. Which is, I think yeah. what drives her into that. I think it's like, yeah. it's a massive driving force for everything that happens. With yeah. The whole it's like absolutely. your mother dies, your father's pulling away. Like, so you like try to like get some. Yeah. And that's a good how example old is of she? like, she's like six. Yeah. She's gotta be, <laughs> It's high school, yeah, for sure. Seventeen, yeah. something, yeah, yeah, something like that. Older than Riley, you drive, <laughs> which I don't know how old you have to be to drive in Australia. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> they drive on the wrong side of the car. <laughs> side, 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 side. Um, side. <laughs> but I was also the dad. Also, like, she doesn't get any. We're seeing his examples of trying to connect with her without being connecting with her with any integrity at all, like communicating with her with the integrity. So I wonder if maybe that's what we're to know as her example of how to communicate with people is like your intentions need to be like blanketed or obscured. obscured. Maybe. Speaking of obscured, Mm -hmm. every shot of the dad. Until yes. it was oh, like so obscure yeah. or seen from such a crazy yes. perspective. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. I yeah. loved it. I mean, loved it, it says so much right away, right? You can just read so much right into something. Yes. You're just, you see so much in this movie, just so much from Mia's perspective. And it's really, I think that that's part of the reason that they put in all these, like, to me, clues that we're getting this unreliable narrator. Mm. And then we get this overt evidence later in the film it escalates and we're quite sure that she is not, that her perspective is completely skewed. Right, right. But I think it's skewed from the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Maybe uh, grief could grief. be skewing I it. think trauma is a great unresolved trauma, mm-hmm. as if there's any such thing as resolved <laughs> trauma, but mm-hmm. different conversation. But like, that could absolutely be a way of, a way, thing that skews your perspective completely and like your father being dishonest to you mm-hmm. about your mother's suicide, of course your perspective might be skewed and you might you might be desperate for some kind of true relationship with someone. Yeah. Yeah. Jen, what were some interesting visual things you saw in this movie? So... I think the first scene was like the thing that really, okay, the cinematography was great. I really liked it. But the first scene, just the way it's shot and like the way it's shot with him going to the room, like grabbing the person and when like, I forget, is it his brother? His little brother? brother. Yeah. Okay. Um, There's like cuts and scratches all over the brother's back. We never learn. We don't need to know what it was, but you know, something's off. I forget what he says, but it's something like, cryptic (laughs) and like gets him out of the room and then just the way it's shot like it's such an interesting shot to have like you can see the door like Mm -hmm. with the clear glass out into the pool and like you can see kids with their phones outside and inside it's a huge razor it's It's like a razor on the order that i I never saw. I never knew. No. Yeah, yeah, it felt like every fucking kid in Australia was at this like party. It was like a yeah. It was like <laughs> every kid every in kid. Australia. They don't have a lot of. Them Think there. about that. There's okay. Not that many. No. It's mostly, Think about the barbecues. <laughs> it's mostly ki- the bobbies. <laughs> the barbie. The bobbies. Think about shrimp were consumed. Shrimp on the oh bobby. Oh my god. Um, um, yeah, it was. A, yeah, it's a huge. The like scope of. Yeah. The scene is wild because the camera is so close behind the brother yes, for it, that first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels is so it just, close. Is it like a big so tracking shot? It's like one that's big tracking shot. That's right? what I remember. Yeah. I love those, man. But just like the timing of mm-hmm. when he stabs the brother, goes outside, stabs himself in the face. Right. I was like, there's no time for you to think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's no time mm-hmm. for you to like 
like you gasp with the first part and then you're like, holy shit. I've like, I've seen a lot of horror movies. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen anyone stab themselves in the face that hard and that fast with in a knife. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. I was like, did they blow their load? Like oh, in the yeah. beginning? Uh, like, I kind of no. feel like they did. Yeah, I think they did. Really? Yes. Oh, because like I liked the movie a yeah. lot, but I partially am a little tired of the drug metaphor type uh, thing. I don't see. always love it with horror movies. It feels a little preachy sometimes. It's Absolutely. fine. I enjoyed it. I like the hand as opposed to the Ouija board, but I feel like the drug metaphor thing, it's like, okay, we get it, but what are you going to do with this? Mm. And yeah. I don't know if anything was done that was interesting. Mm. See, yeah, I I saw the the I saw the drug thing as like the facade that these kids were like, they were like, "Oh yeah, it's like a drug. That's why we're doing it." But what they really really wanted was connection. Right. I like that reading. And I that like too, that. Yeah. yeah well, that's... Because, and I think that's what, you know, I, now I'm overgeneralizing here, <laughs> but like, I, I think that's, you know, a huge part of what all drug addiction kind of is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, or escape. Or, yeah. or escaping, yeah, but, yeah. but ultimately satisfying like a lack of connection that maybe didn't happen early on or like isn't happening now. Right. But like, I, yeah, I mean, I think that that's also, it's a huge part of it. Yeah. And I think that's what that's what being occupied by another spirit is about too, right? It, like and oh, I will, that's interesting. This is I will say that I formed this Sam and I were very obsessed with this movie the minute <laughs> that we watched it. I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was it's one of I would give it an A, like a solid okay. A. We'll get to oh, that. We're um, definitely, yeah. we'll, oh, okay. We'll I'm so sorry. We'll um, <laughs> scratch that from the record, please. One of the directors did say this movie is about connection, connections, oh, true, okay. true ones and false ones. Right on. And it was just kind of like a Sam and I had both picked up on these themes of alienation, isolation, and desperation for connection mm-hmm. in the in the movie. So hearing that was was like exciting, but also you know, but beyond the intention of the director. I just think like the character Mia is just the yearning and yearning and yearning that she is showing for her mother, for her dead mother. I'm like, this is a kid who desperately wants to like be held and loved. Because that's like, moms are like that symbol of your unconditional, that's that person who's going to love you. And she has a nickname for her, me. And like mm-hmm. the intimacy mm-hmm. that she just like does not have. And that she gets so hooked, not because of like the experience of th- euphoria, but the experience of connecting with her mom yeah. is really that's what That's true. Because once she sees her mom, it's yeah. like she takes the hand. She, that's, when she sees yeah. her mom is when mm-hmm. she lets Riley that's true. tear his own fucking eyeball yeah. out. Oh, my God. Oh, so that brutal. scene was another scene oh. where I was like... What is happening? Holy shit. I want that to be my what the fuck moment, but it's not. <laughs> and we'll get to what the fuck moments later. San, there was a guy in the theater when we saw it. And he went, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he went, oh, she fucked up. She fucked up. Because he was talking about like how she like let it go on too long. Oh, that's fantastic. Other people, it was, oh, bless that man in the theater. in the theater, especially in scary movies. Sometimes it's the Thank best. That's like, Amazing! God, it was Sam. Sam was like, I don't know if I would have made it without this guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great response to. Oh no! (laughs) I wanted to actually maybe can we talk a little bit about Mia and her mom? There's a Mm -hmm. lot of um, equating. Not not um, maybe that's the wrong word. We see Mia um, like standing in her mom's place in a lot of stuff, especially in like the movie's dream sequences. Um, there's like bits where, like, because the, uh, one of the more traumatic moments as the mom is overdosing, she's like scratching at the door right. and her nails come yes. off. And there's a moment during a dream sequence where Mia's nails are, are also Are off. you referring to a, to a dream sequence? Like, do we know, is like any time she's like. In a dream sequence? Like dissociating? No, there's one or moment. she's like actually When asleep. she's literally asleep she's literally and having asleep. dreams. It happens two or three times in the whole right. movie. Right, and she talks about like, she, I know she talks about that one in the beginning too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just yeah. wondered what, what y'all's read was on on that detail. I, I mean, I, I, you know, my immediate go-to is like thinking about someone who has committed suicide or attempted to suicide and... Um, is scratching at the door, trying to, uh, you know, 
like get out of it, like get help, rectify the situation. Um, I can't help but read sort of what Mia's experiencing as like a really slow motion version of that, mm. you know? Um, mm-hmm. Ooh, that, like, I like that. Yeah. I like that like, too. I don't know. Any, any, anybody think anything else of that? Or I think that that's, I love that interpretation because it does feel like she's like engaging in all of this like very purposeful self-destructive behavior mm-hmm. in the film and like, it like, not just with the hand, but like after the hand when she like invites Daniel over. Right, right. And like she's like getting, it seems like she continues to just like, she knows how horrible the hand is and she just can't stop going right. for it. She like steals the hand. And it does yeah. feel like suicidal. It, yeah. feels like, yeah. it feels like suicidal ideation a little bit. Yeah. That's true. I think that I like, because I, I, I saw this movie by myself, so I would just oh, be boy. talking oh. to myself at this point. Where I was just like, up, oh, bad decisions. Bad, <laughs> bad <Yeah>. decisions. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it feels like, yeah, like when you're like so down and you're so low that like you're like, fuck it. Like I'll just do this drug. I'll yeah, drink I'll just this go drink. Down. Like, yeah, you yeah. Go, you just, what is it um, when you make the decision to like. Hit rock bottom. Hit rock bottom. <laughs> mm-hmm. I forget what it's called. I, I don't know. There's mm-hmm. some like cute phrase for it. There's a not cute. I like that there's a cute phrase. <laughs> I don't cute. It's called well, going squishy wishy. <laughs> <laughs> when you go squishy wishy with your wants and desires. Oh my god. Yeah, exactly. No, I really like that read about Mia being like Mia driving herself like slowly to suicide. Yeah, to that point. Yeah. yeah. Um I don't know. It was a thing that interested me. Yeah, she's really, she's so self-destructive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. definitely taking the hand and trying to do it by herself, mm-hmm. knowing that, like, no one can wake her Nobody's up from this is you. super, like, self-destructive. Yeah, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think that, I don't know if this is, like, something you already want, you already had laid out to talk about, but how the spirits themselves seem to have agendas. Ooh, I want, I do want to talk about this. Yeah. And I'm actually not sure they do, but continue. <laughs> yeah. I think that they do. I think that there are certain kinds of spirits who are drawn to the hand. Ah. And they are the kind of spirits who really want to manipulate other people. And I think Mia gotcha. really likes manipulating other people. Oh, nice. That's really cool. Um, can we? Can I? Yeah. Can I table this for one yeah, second? Because I have one one follow up question about oh, yeah. Mia's self destruction, and then I want to explain yeah, this really bad. Um, do we think she threw herself in front of the car at the end, or did her friend push her in front of the car in the end? I think she threw herself. In front I think of the she car. threw herself too. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Oh. Oh yeah. You think Jade might have done it? <laughs> I think she did. There's like there's a an extra who has this like very small but like very. It really stuck out to me. Line after the car crash, which is like, did you see what happened? Was like asking us uh, to question what uh, exactly happened there. You know, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. And like, I think Mia's true path of self destruction would have been to murder Jade's younger brother. That seemed like yeah. what she wanted to do, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think it would have been the easier thing for her to yeah. do. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Except that she has to then make good on killing the. The kangaroo in the beginning, right. which she can't do. Um, so I don't know. I, oh, I think that I think that totally could have happened that way. And who would blame Jade? To be honest, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't at that point. You gotta. But is Jade a killer? Just would she actually do it? I mean, she was kind of. I think. I think bullying her friend in the beginning. I do think Jade is an asshole. Like, I, just <laughs> but, to be clear, but I think would she's she a actually? push her or would she try to save her brother like pushing her doesn't mean mm. that her brother's saved i think at the point after everything jade has putting myself in, in those shoes after everything jade has been through mm-hmm. with mia all the like on again off again trust the sudden realization that she's really unwell and the like Hurting uh, her the, brother. Yeah, the like yeah. really visceral reaction to maybe her brother and getting murdered. And stealing her brother from the hospital. I, I can imagine yeah. doing it. Yeah, personally. I think that that definitely, like, that definitely could be, I think that's a totally legit read on what happened and like just as much a suicide as right. her, mm. her throwing herself right. into the yeah. street yeah. was stealing Riley to begin with. Right. She was like damned any, from the beginning. Right. 
She was damned anyway, I feel like, at that point. And she was just trying to, like, damn herself instead of Riley as she thought she was mm-hmm. saving him. Um, yeah. But I think this is what... That question is what makes this movie next level for me. Uh, yeah. Which is just that, like... Not only the question of what did happen, which is fun, but, like, which is more thematically significant, right? Mm. Like, her throwing herself out there, like, what does that represent for her and her arc versus her oh, friends pushing her out there? And what, did, what would that represent? Because it would, in, it would in, imply that she never meant to, she meant to go through with it. Oh, that's true. And that she would, then wasn't able to. Right. Right. Ooh. Um... Huh, that's interesting because I'm trying to remember now what her logic was on what would happen to her after killing Riley. To would be, she yeah. have been freed by that? Or was she just doing that as an act of like selflessness she for thinks, Riley? She thinks that Riley is in like uh, like a torturous Yeah, she hell. thinks he's yeah. being eaten slowly by right. angry spirits. And she thinks the yeah. only way to relieve him is by is killing, by killing him. him. Yeah. And what would that mean for her other than saving him? Is that selfless I, I, for her? You know, that... Mm, I don't know. That's a good question, actually. It yeah. is a good question. And I feel like... I feel like the first half of the movie, first three quarters of the movie, was better than the ending. Because mm. it does... I like questions. I, I like questions. I love the ending. I love like, the ending. But I feel like things got muddy. Is it like... like whoa, Ambiguous. Yeah. But I like ambiguous, but I feel like this was a movie that lended itself to... Um, like you trying to figure things out actually like it wasn't so mm-hmm. avant-garde like a David Lynch movie like it wasn't, it wasn't that no. where you're like yeah. it wasn't yeah. Yeah. yeah it wasn't absurd no. in any way so you weren't you weren't feeling like the things that you were watching you weren't feeling that major questioning of like oh did any of this even happen exactly. or is this a dream kind of thing it's just that we're Yes. We're, that we're just seeing Mia's perspective getting more and more Which, distorted I don't know if I saw it as like like Mia was the main character, but I don't think I saw it necessarily. Like we're seeing things from her eyes, like we're just seeing so her I will story. Say that's another tidbit from the director is that the entire, most the like basically the entire film is like Mia's perspective. Oh, okay. Was okay. what? But I I don't think that that's as important as how we view it, right? Like the director's intention is like mm. a kernel. Right, no, sure. I do agree. Yeah. But if it is specifically from her perspective, then it makes more sense to me why some things would not be completely logic. Because but in the beginning, oh, yeah. I feel like there's so much... Lo- I don't know. It's something that drives me crazy about movies where there's like so much logic in the beginning and like it feels like there's rules. And then at the end, it just sort of is like, oh, now are, we, are these rules? Are these not rules? Yeah, What's I, happening? I do think that there is like a lot of ambiguity as to the rules of the hand and the yeah. rules of the spirit possessions. Yeah. Um, and I do think that some of that was like some of that seems to me to be like in the process of filmmaking they had to like make some decisions about the hand rules or like leave something Mm. like I I think that I wonder like how much of how many rules the hand had originally as opposed to like how many rules we saw the hand having that's interesting which like and and I think that you know in the editing process like the director or editors might see some things as non as, as inessential to the plot that viewers would be frustrated by. Mm. And I think that hand rules were frustrating. I think also the New York Times review that I read mentioned holes in Hole, the plot. Holes? Plot holes. Like plot holes? Yeah, and which I did not observe. But I think if you're very concerned mm. with things like, are these really vengeful spirits or are they like figments of her horrified imagination. Mm. If you're concerned with things like what, why is Mia, why does Mia kill herself? Like what right, are the right. rules of the hand for her that make her want to do that? You're kind of missing the point. Yeah. I, I think. think that those are missing the point, but I yeah. do understand how that can be frustrating. Sure. I, I think there are certain minds who, who find that more frustrating than others. I too, agree. You know? I don't know if it's missing the point. I feel like there are certain things. If a movie is going to tell me that certain things are happening, Mm -hmm. like, I expect that to be consistent throughout the movie. If I'm going to have ambiguity in the beginning with the rules, awesome. I actually prefer that. I prefer ambiguity. But I don't think that it should be both. It shouldn't be rules and ambiguity. Mm. It should, Mm. or if you're going to have rules, 
have them change a lot, have things like not always be consistent. Show me that like one kid sees something that another kid doesn't see or something like, well, and so we don't know that, right? Because we see all of the possessions from Mia's perspective. We don't see any mm, spirits that the other people saw. That's do we? true. No, we don't. That is true. No, we do. We do. We, we, we do we see one other one at the very beginning? The little kid. We, oh, we you're see right. What the little kid sees. You, we see Riley. We, we see what see Riley what sees. Yeah, we do. We do. Uh, I'm not I thought we do. That, yeah, I, I don't. Do. I'm not. I. I'm not. I don't remember that well enough to to say with any certainty. That's a great question, though. Um, but I do remember that the the I do remember the director specifically saying that you know we're seeing all these possessions from Mia's perspective and not mm. seeing the spirits. Mm. I feel like I need them. to watch it again. I know. And well, like, I think this is the kind of that. movie that really <laughs> that really merits and I think, another watch. Well, I mean, I and I think that that is like a mark of quality in and of itself. Yeah, sort I of agree. right where you want to watch it. Not be, like, and sometimes you want to watch it again just just to make sure it wasn't utter trash. You know what I mean? But like in this way, mm-hmm. where we're like we're having this conversation and like we're 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 trying to get to the bottom of stuff. Like I think that's. I think it's mm-hmm. a really dense movie. Um, like surprisingly dense movie. Yeah. For for what it is, which is uh, I think, like also at the same time somehow kind of like a like a fun popcorn flick too. Yes, I, it I, is. Like, really, you know, yeah. Like, I think it really is like a popcorn possession flick yes. with yeah. some very interesting commentary about loneliness yeah. and grief. You know what this movie, like the whole time I was watching it really smacked of for me was uh, It Follows. Yes. I thought of It yeah. Follows. Because Though there's I a... don't think it was quite as broad and moralistic as It Follows, which I know I loved It Follows. I, I liked It Follows A lot follows of people too, yeah. don't because they felt it was too moralistic. Mm-hmm. But I feel that there were nuance. I feel that there oh. are nuances in yeah. that film. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and because uh, I forgot about this because I was I was reading the Wikipedia page earlier because I was like, shit, it's been a while since I've seen the movie. Um, the, oh, God, I forget who says it in the film, but basically like the entities, the whatever, the spirits can like. In It Follows or, or in? In, uh, in Talk to Me. Talk, talk to, to Me. me. Okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> this movie. Harry, what is it sorry. called? The movie that we're talking <laughs> about. Talk to Me. Um, the Little Mermaid. <laughs> um, but. They say that the spirits can like mimic people you know, yes. which is a thing, and it follows. Yeah. Like right, they right. can mimic yeah, people you know. I think that these are vengeful spirits mm-hmm. who appear yeah. in ways that they know will be advantageous to them in manipulating you. Yeah, I think, I think these are vengeful, manipulative yeah. spirits. That is fun. Who will take mm-hmm. the form of whatever is going to be most. Like, yeah. I think yeah. like that drowned lady. That Mia saw at first oh, yeah. was like the first form of the spirit, and then once the spirit mm. was let in, mm-hmm. it knew how to take advantage of her. Got I, you. I, I, yeah, and That's, then it became her mom because yeah, and it became her mom because it was like this is the best way to manipulate her. Right. And then at that moment when it had to be her dad to manipulate her mm-hmm. into being afraid, so she would right. murder her real dad. Right. Yeah. I think that those spirits are like that. The spirits who want to play this hand game mm-hmm. are restless and vengeful. That's mm-hmm. And that Mia wa- ends up becoming one of them. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she's restless and vengeful. I, I, so mm. I had a, uh, a really satisfying moment of what I, pers- what I thought was like a really nice like parallelism in the movie. Or not, not, not a parallelism, but a, um, maybe like a, uh, just a, oh my God, language, help me out here. Parallelism. No, when something is uh, equal, the same on both sides and you can fold it over, what's it called? <laughs> come on guys come on. The same on both sides. a shape that's the same on both sides you can fold it on top of itself it is I have no idea guys geometry yes. text Julia fuck hang on um, <laughs> yeah, okay. geometry shapes um, anyway it's I a tesseract it, uh, a, a tessellation fuck you guys uh, <laughs> and fuck you right back I you and I, that. you have a master's in English. You're right. I should know this word. Yeah. I, and I do. You teach children. You should know this. Um, I, I found a really uh, like uh, satisfying, um, just like narrative thing in the fact that like it kind of, the movie kind of starts with these like, like crazy teenagers just like uh, getting spirit high mm-hmm. in the beginning. And then I loved, like at the end, I just got this sense that these were these spirits like on the other end too, like on the spirit end, it's kind of the same thing. Yes, right? the spirits were getting their jollies too. Exactly, yeah. and like, yeah. and and what that was satisfying to me because the whole time throughout the entire movie, I was like, 
you know, like what are the spirits getting out of this? What like, are they I don't. Want? Like, what yeah. is their object here? It seemed like here? it was like what do they want? They're bored and like this is it's fun for them. They're, they're fucking with people. I think they want I connection. Love I thought that's so fun. I, like, I loved that. Yeah. I yeah. think they're fucking with people. Mm-hmm. I think that they're bad, desperate spirits. But I think that they want connection too. At the end of the movie, she's alone in a dark mm. hallway. Yeah, yeah. Walking toward the light. Yeah. yeah. And that's the light for her because she was a bad. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Which yeah. I have to say, I know I said. I didn't love the ending. I loved that part. That's great. I loved that. I thought that yeah. was great. I love that circular that yeah. feeling that you're spiral that it's all spiral. It all came back thing. around yeah. like it was like a perfect ending and like yeah, I thought that I really liked that. And I kind of like that the spirits we don't know how she's going to approach it, but like that they Symmetry. are having fun in a way. <laughs> Symmetry. <laughs> Symmetry. Oh wow. You could have said, oh, you said when both sides are the same a I lot of I said it's a geometric shape where both sides are the same. You can fold them on but top. It could be anything that's... My face is not. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's good. If I draw a circle, it is not. Symmetrical. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that idea that, yeah, that the spirits are have such similar motivations to the teenagers Mm -hmm. that we're watching. Right. And I feel like the movie really supports that. Like all the things that the spirits do are so like, they're so outrageous. Yeah. And like, yeah. Performative. Yeah. There's that Mm -hmm. one like woman who inhabits the, the kid's body and is like, like, uh, like making out with the dog oh, and right. like yes. you know I and like yeah yeah yes. so performative oh my god and, yeah. very performative yeah, yeah. ooh i ooh i almost I, forgot about mm-hmm. daniel daniel daniel. daniel how are we sp- how are we supposed to read daniel wait daniel which one's daniel daniel's a boyfriend <laughs> daniel is the boyfriend <laughs> oh who um, makes out with the dog who makes out with the okay. dog okay and who's who gets his little Toesies like, sucked. Mm. Mm. He's having. He's gonna have some therapy sessions. <laughs> he's gonna need it, yeah. yeah, and I'm like, he's a. You know, he's an interesting, questionable dude. Yeah. I feel like all the kids are like really questionable and also like really sad. Yeah. Like I feel really bad for all of them and feel really angry at all of them. In yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that's what kids are. Yeah. <laughs> I said, like, why would you go you to feel her bad house for them and you're angry, and you're at, angry them. at them? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, why would you go to her house? Why would you not set a boundary there? You know, I guess he sort of tries, and she kind of I mean, like asks him again. But like he could have, yeah, he exactly. Said no. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Why are they yes sleeping in the same bed together? Exactly. Why are you he... sleeping in her bed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why are you putting Wait. your toe so close to her mouth? You know better than that, right? Yeah, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't have put your toe so close to her mouth. Well, there's yeah. a real tension there between uh, him and his girlfriend too. Yeah, but I mean, like... with his toes that close, he was asking for. He it. was asking for it. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> they cross a line. He was basically oh, like he like what they didn't show you was all of the shots of him progressively like getting his cl- toes, toes closer, closer to her mouth. <laughs> the part where just, he's kind of like poking her nostril. Just, yeah, with his kind toes of just trying and, to open yeah. her lips with the big toe. And then he's like all shocked, you know, yeah. quotation marks. Oh the wow! Yeah. How did my toes say, get in I your mouth? Say, I, I I I had a weird like moment of humor to myself in the scene where he had to say in front of a group of people what had happened. Like, Oh, yeah. It was just like, listen, I woke up, and she was sucking on my t- <laughs> she was like, Yeah. I'm in the audience like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's so awkward and awful, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and yeah, his... Yeah, oh, such yeah. as... He was such a... A yucky little character. He to was me. yucky. He yeah. was yucky. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, and I feel like they were all kind of yucky. They were, yeah. and like we were just like we felt so bad for Mia because she actually had this like explanation for being yucky, mm. but then she just continues to be so yucky. Right, and she just like really leans in. Like Mia is really just the fortunate one for being the focal point of the narrative, and Mia like is any the one any who, one of them could have been. Yeah, I feel like yeah, any one of them could have like had some kind of trauma but we just don't know but right. could any one of them been only only reason i say that is because uh, mia is the one that they're all like oh god she's at the party in the beginning yeah nobody else gets that so like if mm-hmm. it was one of the other kids we focused on we would be focusing on a bully which right. i find it very difficult to have sympathy even if I, the, yeah, okay, we would have to know the trauma, but, like, it's a whole different movie then. Ah!
So we should probably rate this. Let's movie. give some ratings. Okay. Yeah, we should get yeah, there. So the way we do what ratings is, the rating is one is like the worst thing you've ever seen in your mm-hmm. entire life, and ten is the best fucking movie you've ever seen in, in the entire mm. like ever. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Which like my best movie ever changes like every day. But, oh yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah. I can go first. Yeah. Uh, I give it an eight point five. I I thought this was like re- it was just really solid. I love the because um, all I really need as a viewer is like uh, it to be fun and to have some juicy subtext to dig into. And I thought that it had both. And you know, I was I was really smitten with the ending. And it's so rare for horror movies to stick the landing like that. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. so rare. Totally agree. so true. Yeah, so true. So I just I thought it slapped. Yeah, I would give it a solid nine. Nice. I would give it a solid nine. Because a 10 for me, horror movie-wise, is something where I feel like I it's we've gotten every drip of nuance out of it. Yeah, sure. Maybe for me me right now, a rear window. Dripping with nuance. Mm -hmm. And I think that this movie was almost as dripping with nuance Mm -hmm. as like a 10. Like... There was just, I, I saw like setting up characters that you feel weirdly alienated from with screens and uh, with them doing things that make you uncomfortable. Um, I saw a lot of like setting up these dominoes of expectations and then like totally changing them on you, mm-hmm. which I love. I love when they're like, we're going to do that thing that you thought was going to happen right away so we can make it more complex. Yeah. So like we're going to, she's going to run into her mom at the beginning of the movie Mm -hmm. and then we're going to totally complex, complexify? Complexify? Complicate. I like complexify. That's the word. That's the word. (laughs) I can verb. I can verb with the best of them. Um, You were going to totally complicate all of the characters' relationships with each other and with their feelings and their surroundings. Yeah. So I really, I thought it was, I just thought it was fantastic and just like really, truly scary and exciting to watch yeah. in addition to being like, I thought a really smart movie. Yeah. So yeah, I loved totally. it. And, and it also deserves to be said that the writing was very humanistic and uh, uncluttered and uh, natural to me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yep. The script was excellent. I am a tough grader. Yeah. <laughs> You're hard, but you, the ones that you give high scores to, uh, like it's, it feels like sometimes we're on opposite planes. Go ahead. I know Skinnerink got the highest score. I know you give um, So because nine and tens, I reserve for movies that I absolutely like, mm-hmm. love, yeah. love, love, love. Like yeah, ten yeah. is like perfect to me. Nine is like love it, love it, but maybe not quite a ten. So I would give this a seven point five. Okay. I really liked it. I think it's like an awesome, solid movie. I would highly recommend it. I thought that ending like you said like was great mm-hmm. it like actually satisfying. ended it was so satisfying and it felt like they knew what they were doing from the beginning like it was all going to come around um i liked the opening scene still was like mm-hmm. amazing and like mm-hmm. i don't know if i've seen something that stuck with me mm-hmm. in cinema recently mm-hmm. that was that interesting and good yeah, and totally. shocking um, where you actually cared about like the bro- like you didn't even know these characters yeah. and you were like pulled into their story um, but yeah and I, I would watch it again it's like yeah. fun it's I know we said popcorn I tend to call them like zippy like they move along mm. like there's like yeah, a I like that yeah, zippy good pacing yeah, so good, yeah I would really say like pacing. a, a 7.5 for me nice. um do we have uh, what the fuck moments? And what the fuck moments are just moments where, it, like throughout the movie, it's, mm. I mean, it makes you kind of like, like gag or scream or mm-hmm. say that was excellent or that was a disaster or like what the hell is going on? Like that's what the what the fuck moment is. Well, the first and most obvious one is when he tries to pull his eyeball out. Yeah. I, like for me, the whole sequence of him self-mutilating yes. was like really yeah. hard to watch. Really like, hard to watch. And I see a lot of fucked up. I watch a <laughs> yeah. lot of fucked up like, shit. I was, that was, <laughs> I, I was like, oh wow, that might 
really stick with me in a permanent or <laughs> yeah. semi-permanent way. Like that might actually, I might have to carry the baggage of that oh, around yeah. after watching this movie. While, yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. And then when he does it again. Yes. Yeah. And that oh. was like, that was like the time. you watch it again. Yeah. And the kid, the guy in the movie theater was just yelling. Oh yeah. Yeah. He <laughs> was like, what? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is he doing? Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. What the fuck mm-hmm. for both of the self-mutilation moments with Riley. The yeah. yeah, and oh. totally unexpected, too, because you were like, oh, some shit's going to happen, but you were like, oh, what? That, yeah. That's what's happening? <laughs> like, oh, my Full God. gore. Yeah. It reminded me of was, um, there's a similar self-mutilation scene in Hereditary, sorry. No, it's okay. I really, I'm going to watch it. It's, yeah. I really want to watch it. Have you seen, you've seen I Hereditary. I love Hereditary. <laughs> it wasn't as good though. Like, I don't know what it was. There's just something, I think, I, was it might self- be a, like this, it, this, this, this actor. I think this like kid actor just like really also did. The like, kid was really good. Wait, he did this like body work. I don't want to give, was, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to give anything away. Cause Mandy, you haven't seen Hereditary. I have not seen but Hereditary. are you talking about the end? No, I'm talking about the scene where, <laughs> um, like he's like in the classroom. It's like the beginning oh, of his possession, and he like raises his hand. I forgot about that. But yeah. then there's a lot of like table head slamming. No, you know, like, and it's interesting. I forgot about it, but this one in Talk to Me, I don't think I would forget. No, you'll never, no, you'll yeah. never you'll have never, the luxury no, of forgetting. You'll never unsee I can it. see it right now happening. Oh yeah, it was it was a really a truly brutal scene, which I was like, that was when I was like sold on the movie. I was like, yeah. you guys are. You guys are sick in a really good way where you're like, mm-hmm. um, we're just going to totally subvert your expectations and like really fuck this up for you. Yeah. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really loved it. I think it's a solid, like, I loved this movie and will want to watch it many more times. I think I, yeah, I would. Yeah, so which for me is definitely like top tier horror movie. I might have to have a drink or two before the self-mutilation scene. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, and, just you know, it. just because I'm not on a horror podcast every day, I want to share the take that everybody hates that I have, which is, I don't like Midsummer. I don't. I think it's a mediocre film. <laughs> you get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's full of images that don't mean anything. We're deleting this episode. Deleted. Gone. She's canceled. Whole episode canceled. <laughs> Me and my asymmetrical ass face.